Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man that when I go to introduce him by, what's your name? He's not too shy to reply, who's your daddy? Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Ha, hola, Ben. I mean, I've gotten in trouble more than once with that. Absolutely. All right. For this episode, we have a special guest. She's a referral from Aaron Tapp from our episode about the throwing muses. Um, she may know Aaron pretty well. Um, she's been in a number of bands, including uh, Drop 19's Boy Wonder and the Paula Kelly Orchestra. Please welcome to the podcast, Paula Kelly. Hi. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? We're doing, we're doing well. We're doing well. I was just in your neck of the woods, um, what, two weeks ago? Oh, yeah. What were you doing here? Why didn't you call me? <laughs> I, I, I should we had it. We had an action packed. I hung out with my bestie for a couple couple days. We went to two Wilco shows and um, oh. Bon Iver at the SoFi, which was absolutely amazing. Have you been to the YouTube theater there yet? I haven't, but I love Wilco. The the YouTube theater there at SoFi is absolutely amazing. Mm. So, um, hopefully, there are some bands that uh, that that you like that will be participating there. What's the YouTube theater even like? So it's it is a so the 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 SoFi there the big football stadium they built a they built a um, multi purpose arena whatever oh, you want to call it is youtube just the sponsor is that yeah, what it is it's not like a sponsor <laughs> no i think no, like no, you no, walk no. into a it's a oh my i'm so i'm so <laughs> messed up i'm so messed up from the lockdown I'm like everything's oh, on youtube well. now it's like uh, right i can't right. i can't no yep. they're the, they're the they're the sponsor of it and the acoustics there are just absolutely amazing so cool um you have a you have a gem there in your backyard. All right. Um we haven't done the all important question. So um Wayne, what t shirt are you wearing? Um among those David Bowie shirts I got a couple weeks ago, I got one for Black Star, which I thought was appropriate for a Tuesday recording because on the back it says, Where the fuck did Monday go? Or where the fuck is Monday or something <laughs> like that. Okay. All right. So early for the yeah. f bombs. So early. I know. I know. I was even telling Paula before we before we hit record that I'm like, you know, we try and keep it PG thirteen. Don't try very hard. And that's though. more for Wayne. That's more for Wayne than it is for our guests. Bam. And just man, already out of the gate, man. It's um. All right, Paula. How about you? What t-shirt? Are all right. You well, you're actually you're gonna love me because. Okay. This it's a unicorn who is actually giving a double deuce, but it says "fluff you, you fluff and fluff." I love it. All right, that is that's now, PG thirteen. If you'd have gone first, then I would have yeah. I would have replaced the f word on my shirt with fluff. You would not. I might have. You, you can't prove you would that. Not have. You're right. I can't prove it, but I I've. I've been your friend for 30 plus years, so I think that I know a little bit better. All right, uh, my sh- my T-shirt. I am wearing my new T-shirt that I got from my co-host Wayne Fugate. Aww. It is my my Black Crows T-shirt that he 
spot for me at the uh, the most recent uh, concert that he went to. Actually, it's probably not the most recent concert you went to. No, I now I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, I saw Violent Femmes and Flogging Molly since then. That's right. That's right. Very good. Very good. Um, um but you, you never said how Wilco was. How was Wilco? Fantastic. We did the. Um, I love we them. did the. We did the Santa Barbara Bowl on that Wednesday, and something magical about hearing them sing California Stars mm-hmm. under the California Stars. So that was that was pretty dang cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then we saw Bon Iver on Friday, and then we saw them uh, saw Wilco at the Hollywood Palladium that Saturday. Now now I left to go up to Washington to help my mom out for a couple of days, but. Uh, bestie Jeff. Um, so he ended up taking his family to the other two Wilco shows in LA at the Orpheum. So he he got to see Wilco what four times in six days. So hopefully like, that is got yeah. his got his addictions following the dead around, but it's Wilco and it's so much better. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, let's um let's let's chat um let's chat your career before we jump into the record that you that you chose. So I, I did right. some I did some exploring listening to your tunes over the last couple of weeks. Um Okay. Probably probably my favorite was A New Time by oh, okay. the the Paula Kelly Orchestra. When did that come out? 2004, I think. 3 okay. or 4. Yeah. I'm assuming that there is a lot of um, gaps on the the, the old Spotify because that's usually where I get my music. So, um, like your bio on on Spotify said that you were in a BG's cover band. I couldn't find yeah. that out there. I really wanted to hear your voice singing BG songs because look, BG's okay. are awesome amazing amazing one of my favorite albums which i almost wanted to do well i wanted to at cucumber castle are you familiar with that record of theirs uh which which songs are on that what what singles were on that no real hits um okay if only i had my mind on something else is maybe okay. the yeah it, it's little known great anyway um I don't know, like how much time I'm supposed to spend talking about <laughs> other albums, but um, it's you know. it's your episode. You can you can talk away. I mean, Aaron spent two hours with us, so you know, your call. Do you want to spend fifty minutes with us, or you want to spend more time with us? All right. Well, since you brought up the Bee Gees and the Bee Gees okay. tribute band, which were, we were called the Boy Joys, um, yes. 
Aaron was in that band. It was Aaron and me okay. and our friend. We were this is from when we were in Boston. Our friend Ad, Ad Frank, and we were each of us. We were the the three brothers, the BGs, yeah. and um, each of us sang lead at different times. And that was like the most fun I have ever had being in a band. Ever. I mean, part of the reason is like people already liked the song, so we <laughs> we didn't right. like get the. I mean, if anybody was in the room, they liked us as opposed to when like I'm playing my own songs and you get, you know, there's people like talking and not giving a shit. But um, anyway, <laughs> so um, we got like when people were get, like heckling us too, we got great heckles, um, which is better than nothing. I would rather get like one guy was like, go back to church when he heard us singing <laughs> um, oh, like, nice. the 60s stuff, which was that's a, yeah. that's a great one. It's like, oh. All right, I'll go back to church. <laughs> sure, thanks. Um, so yeah, I uh, I was Robin. Robin. Okay. So I sang. Okay. I started a joke, um, yeah. which was we. Tra- I mean, we didn't like necessarily go one for one, but Aaron was Baron. Um, oh wait, I'm oh. I'm full of shit. Actually, <laughs> we were Baron Reuben and. <laughs> Baron Rubin and Mora. So I was Mora, okay. but I sang okay. a lot of Robin's songs. Just gotcha. Hey, nights on Broadway, a... but anyway, yeah, yeah I played you've bass. Been, you you've been in a couple bands with Aaron, though, right? Is it isn't that isn't that how you guys met? Yeah, well, the Boy Joys were the first band we were in. We actually bonded over the Bee Gees. Um, he was a okay. fan of my band Boy Wonder first. Um, that's that's how we met. Um, gotcha. but then we, we had, Ad Frank was a mutual friend. We were talking with him at a party. Aaron and Ad had already started like rumblings of, of starting this Bee Gees band. And I was like, you guys can't do this without involving me because I've loved the Bee Gees since I was a little kid. Um, yeah. my brothers are a lot older than me. They had Saturday night fever lying around the house so when I was little, I just like played that record over and over and over again. And um, just like got into their old stuff, even like, or, I mean, when I was really little and that they um, were a huge influence on me. And I couldn't believe that Aaron also had this like encyclopedic knowledge of the Bee Gees, like listening to his music. Like Betty Goo, who are kind of like punky, poppy. I'm like, you like the Bee Gees are shitting me. So, um, so then it was love. (laughs) And, uh, he, uh, yeah, he eventually, uh, joined my band Boy Wonder. And then we worked really well together musically and all that, you know, gross (laughs) shit. So. That lovely gross shit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sorry. The gross shit is what keeps us all happy and moving forward. Yeah, so we've been forward. together for 19 years. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yep. All right. So I've I've got a question from your from 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 your songs. Who was BS I Love You written for? <laughs> Um, we like we like the dirt on the podcast, so let's let's hear the dirt. A composite, it's a composite okay. of um, glib. I have a lot of songs um, about just glib a holes I've been with. It took me a long time to realize I didn't have to date a holes. 
Um, I grew up with a lot of a-holes. I'm saying a-holes just to be polite. <laughs> which no, is I appreciate the PG-13. Yeah, yeah which is strange because I don't usually do that. And I'm really enjoying saying a-hole, a-hole, a-hole. How about I could say a-hole. <laughs> or just replace it with Wayne. Oh, so instead wow. of saying a-hole, ah, just say, no, rough. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, Wayne. That's because you you threw the f bombs in, in early <laughs> instead of waiting oh. until hour two for that. Right. Yeah, he's you're on the you're on the sh list, Wayne. I'm seriously, <laughs> already. <laughs> um, but I did date a guy from one of the bands I was in before Boy Wonder. Before I dated Aaron, and I do have a couple songs about him. I'm not okay. going to name him because. Because he's definitely going to be listening to this podcast because he follows right. my career, sure. But just in case anybody, you know. Yeah. But he was a real douchebag. And um, I got a lot of good material from from that relationship. Like near sociopathic kind of levels of, of douchery. So, yeah. You know what? Sometimes we go through those things so that we do have something to write about. And, you know, when you're like when you're young and you haven't like lived a lot, well, some people like start living with it. But, you know, you write songs about relationships when you're young and then like life beats you up when you're older. You write about other shit. So, yeah. Well, if I ever have time to to take away from the the podcast, Wayne, one of the novels that I've written about, there's a certain ex that's going to realize that I'm writing about (laughs) in there. So. So it'll yeah, uh, it gives it gives us something to write about. It really does. The X's give us something to write about. Um, yeah. All right. I was discovering your music again on Spotify. Um, I've had your cover of Vapor Trails on repeat today. Oh yeah. Oh, such a good song. And you made it even more awesome. And Thank and for you. people that don't know Vapor Trails, that is a ride song. Um, were you kind of in that? I, I were you kind of in that shoegazy yeah. genre for a while? Drop Nineteens. Drop Nineteens was definitely a shoegaze band. Yeah. We were. That's how we found success. We like just slid right in there. We were more popular in the UK than we were in the US. So um, yeah. Yep. Is it what was it about the UK that they really latched onto the shoegazy stuff, whereas the US didn't? That wasn't there was a niche for it, but there it wasn't like it was over there with yeah you know, bands like Ride and My Bloody Valentine that kind of deal. I think the US 
tends to like their music just a little more straightforward than that, or at least they did at that time. Um, Like there was almost some crossover, like the Pixies might've been the bridge there. Like um, my bloody Valentine was like a little bit too, too weird for the U S like they were just the hugest thing over there. And they're so good. Like that out loveless is such a great, has anyone done that album? We yeah. did. We did that last. Was it last year? I think so. Um, la- yeah, last last year with um, crap. What was the name? What was the name of that guy? Christopher. Um, yeah, but we did. We did do that that episode. I f- I found an appreciation for that that I didn't have back in the nineties for sure. So the, like the labels here at the time were just so not into anything that deviated from just, you know, like maybe the alternative rock, like the Pixies were the weirdest they were going to get. It seemed, um, you know, you could, you could get in on an indie with, um, with that sort of thing, but I don't know. The U S likes things really obvious. I sound like such a snob, you know, mainstream art is so obvious. But, um, well, I mean, when when we did the episode with with Aaron about throwing muses, I think all of us were like, "How in the world were they just not bigger than they were?" Again, had a nice following, but big not, in the UK, same thing. And right. big in the UK, not yeah. and not not big over here. So yeah, yeah. All right, since since we usually have guests on to promote whatever they're doing. I assume we need to talk about latest track that I listened to from you with your orchestra, which is yeah. Earth Oddity. I'm assuming that's a play on words of Mr. Bowie. Correct. About, tell me about the orchestra. How is that different from some of the bands, the other bands that you've been associated with? Well, on the Trouble with Success, that album. Actually, let me go back. Let me go way back. Um, I started like just. I started playing piano when I was like three, and I played okay. classical, um, and I was pretty good. Um, I played harpsichord in the high school orchestra. I went to a boarding school that like took music pretty seriously. Um, So I played harpsichord pretty seriously. Like I would have to practice in this church after classes at night. And there were actual bats in the belfry where I was practicing, (laughs) but, um, but I did it. 
And so I did a lot of Baroque music. I played like Bach inventions okay. and Handel okay. and stuff. So um, when I first started writing songs, I had like, when I stopped playing, I had like a bad breakup with my harpsichord teacher. So I just threw away <laughs> classical music for a long time. I did like okay. pop, punk, shoegaze, anything else. But, um, but then when I quit all that and, and started um, like went, you know, solo as it were, um, I say as it were, cause in boy wonder, it was mostly my stuff, but um, I still wasn't like doing exactly what I wanted to do because it was a band, but then right, with right. Paula Kelly orchestra, um, I started arranging and like the classical bent started coming through. Is that just a byproduct of maybe getting older and your taste kind of reverting back? Cause I feel like, I know Wayne gives me crap all the time about my my fascination with yacht rock, but that's kind of what I I, <laughs> I I started with. You know that yeah. was that was what got me hooked on on music, and so now anytime you know I'm hearing some old boss gags or I'm hearing, you know, I don't know. Uh, I guess you can kind of classify Steely Dan. Oh, totally some ste- yacht rock. Some, some, yeah, some uh, Steely Dan in in that. Yeah. Um, I just I just listened to the Doobie Brothers' greatest hits the other day. I mean that the that's all my wheelhouse. Doobies are good. They have some great songs. Oh my gosh, they're they're uh, so great. They're I will great. stand by them. I'll stand by them. Steely okay. Dan. Okay. Yeah, it's I have to be in the mood for them, but. Um, I, I feel like every time I go to a record store, I'm buying a Steely Dan record. <laughs> they have you brainwashed. I, you have yeah. a microchip. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like my um, my fascination last last year with Linda Ronstadt. I feel like I've I've pretty uh-huh. much bought it. I've pretty much bought all of her records, and so now I'm I'm just trying to. Um, get all the steely dan records so that i'm wait what does linda ronstadt have to do with steely dan nothing okay weird obsessions ben has i've replaced Ah. my my linda ronstadt obsession with steely dan lately so and and i i I ebb and flow with that kind of stuff i mean um so okay well i think with the classical stuff i was like yeah, maybe it is like my my roots coming back to. Yeah, I wouldn't say to haunt me, but maybe I'm like growing into myself because it just started. Maybe that's like what I was actually meant to do. Because what I do, I mean, when I make money, I'm a, I'm a string arranger. That's I'm an orchestral okay. arranger. That's yeah. like, I think what I'm the best at. Is um, that what pays the bills these days? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. um, I mean, before COVID, it, it's a <laughs> lot more, but <laughs> like yeah. well, orchestral uh, arranging is not, you know, an essential, I'm not an essential worker, put it that way. <laughs> so, right, right. um, but yeah, I just love it. Once I started, I, a couple of songs on nothing, everything, my first solo record had strings. And then I, it just kept yeah. going and going and going. And I realized how much I loved arranging. And, um, then Perfect. yeah, there it was, I started doing like Baroque pop stuff. So, and a new time, um, was actually one of my more successful songs that's been in like 
TV shows and a movie and shit. So. All right. All right. So it's all making sense now with you picking this record because again uh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm listening to your previous your previous work where you know there's the shoegazy stuff there is the um you know the other stuff that you've done which is some of it's a little bit alternative some yep. of it is you know poppy and then you pick this record and I'm like um Paula, I'm not seeing it, but now that you're telling me that you know the, your your arrangements and stuff, now I'm uh, now I'm understanding because there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of moving pieces on this album. Yep, vocal arrangements. I do I do vocal arranging. I just did like a gospel choir arrangement for Matt's record coming out. Okay, so yeah, he needs a hurry. <laughs> it's coming out really soon. I don't know if I I'm know. allowed to be talking about this actually, so maybe don't no, include it. It's yeah, it I think it. Yeah, it, no, we're not going to cut that. <laughs> oh shit, Matt, Matt, Matt won't listen to this. No, no, Matt, Matt, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I bug him about once, once a month, and you know, to ask, okay, when's the next time you're coming on? Well, if if Matt's on this, he must f all the time. We yep. don't even attempt to try and edit <laughs> yeah. his episodes. That's that's a that's a losing proposition. He's a wild horse with those f's, we, and we love it. Um, yeah, or at he's least a funny. He's a funny <laughs> motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so Paula, tell us tell us what record you chose to revisit for your episode. I chose the Zombies Odyssey and Oracle. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about the zombies. All right. How did you how did you discover this this record? Um I <laughs> the first night I met well, okay, so the actually the very first time I met one of my ex-boyfriends. Okay. We went back to his apartment. He put on this record, um, Care of Cell 44, the first track came on. And as soon as that chorus just burst on, the the Oz, the feel so good, and that this like angelic Oz, I was like, I don't care about you. What is this song? Who is this? Tell me about this. As um, soon as I you just, Yeah, as soon as you said he put this record on, I'm like, he's not trying to get lucky then. <laughs> Nope, he was. This is this is this is furniture. He was okay. Yeah, this is not something that you're wooing. You know, somebody. Yeah, yeah. This is not. This is not a woo record. Yeah. No. So. Um. Yeah. Some some songs you just hear and they change you, and that's what happened with this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, they didn't have a very long career. They didn't. Yeah, I was reading up on this. Um, how many records did they put out? Two? Oh, three? I think two albums and then a few composites. I yeah. mean, it was it was crazy. A bunch of singles. But yeah, this right. record came out after they broke up. But Time of the Season was huge. Again, after they broke up. But I mean, right. that singles lived on and on and on. And Yep. 
Um, but well, I mean, they got back together in the nineties, you know, I mean, they've had a lot of success as a reunion act, but, but they all had, you know, solo careers, other projects, but yeah, the zombies, like, it's crazy how short, um, their career as a band was. And it didn't matter to the rock and roll hall of fame. They were inducted into the hall in 2019. Um, this album is well-regarded. Yeah. Uh, on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums list, it's number 243. It's in there. On the, it's in on there. the most recent one. Um, in the 2012 list, it was as high as number 100. I wonder what all came in, what 123 records came in to squeeze it out in that time. I know there's uh, those lists. Honestly, are. a bunch of crap. Yeah, so you know. don't. A bunch of millennials came in and. Yeah. <laughs> Made the list and yeah, there's yeah, there's. I'm not even going to. (laughs) I know I (laughs) say some of the bad things that are on there. Yeah. All right. So this was the this was originally put out in the UK in April of 1968. Uh, Was recorded in 67. Those sessions actually took place at Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. A lot of them. A lot yeah. of it. Some of them were actually done at Olympic Studios across town in London as well. Um, you mentioned that it was not a success. The success really came after this was released and they released Time of the Season, which was not was not a, this, it wasn't originally on the album, correct? The one that came out in the UK? <laughs> I thought it wasn't, and then I read that it was. I mean, I'm it I'm was. confused. Okay. Like there was so much. It's really confusing. Just the whole timeline of all these singles. Yeah. Um, there. What's really strange is um, here. Let me let me get my my notes. Um, did you write them down? Did you write your notes down? I did. Or did you? Okay. That's old. So okay. So. I was just is giving that, Wayne crap. I was just giving Wayne I have crap notes because too. he hand he handwrites all of his notes, and I got to see firsthand last week when we recorded together. Him, you know, he's always doing this. I always hear on his channel that he's like <laughs> shuffling papers, and I'm like, dude, seriously? Yeah, I'm terrible like that too. All right. Well, um, I'm just so okay. All the shuffling in. The timeline of singles confuses me. But right. one thing that I think is crazy is that Butcher's Tale was a single with This Will Be Our Time as the B-side. I don't you knew that. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, Should we yeah. save that for... Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah let's, let's save <laughs> it as we go around. track by track. Yeah. We, okay. Be, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it as we, as we go through it. Okay, okay. So let's do track by track. As a reminder, our scoring is based off a number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this one? Twelve. Which means top song gets 12 points. Next favorite song, 11 points on Dan to lowest score of one. So we're going to start this off with, I believe it's the first single, right? (laughs) This was considered the first single? That's what I thought. Let's say yeah. Okay, we'll say yes. So care. But we're probably going to be wrong. Right. All right, Care of Cell 44 is the first song.
and was previously known as Prison Song. Was it? I actually that's didn't know what, that. That's what my notes were. Um, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Isn't it crazy that there's a song about, you know, a guy writing to a girl in prison? Like, oh, the, or, in, oh, here's the interesting thing about this, because number one, this is a pretty provocative kind of a, this is an interesting this is what I love about the zombies is this is an interesting idea for a song because most prison songs at 1967 yeah. jailhouse rock is a complete parody. Prison is not like that. Uh, Folsom yeah. prison blues, ver- other country prison songs. There is no gender references. And I don't, I'm not, not to say that yeah. that means anything controversial at the time, but there are no gender references in this. There's a baby which can is gender neutral, but this could be same sex could be a man waiting for his, girlfriend to get out of prison a girl waiting for a man to get out of prison there's lit. i think what's interesting is because it's done it almost feels intentional that it makes it much more universal and um mm-hmm. i had read something where they said that the 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 music was was a contradiction to the uh to the yeah. theme of the song and i disagree if you're getting out of prison you're going to be excited it's, and if right. you're waiting for somebody to get out of prison you're going to be excited i think the music absolutely matches yeah the feels so good again when that chorus bursts out it's just so um when it says feels so good you're coming home soon you would never think it's like somebody coming home from prison but yeah. again i agree with you it's jubilant yeah save save that ambiguous talk for another song too there's another one that that that's coming up that i also think it was written ambiguously on purpose because again, we're talking 1968. Um, you know the alter- alternative lifestyles. I'm saying this in quotes. The alternative <laughs> lifestyles not really looked upon favorably the in 1968. Alternative lifestyles. Yeah, the secret, the secret lifestyles. But um, yeah, I think there's another one that's that's coming up. I feel like um, I always felt like it was about a woman in prison, though. For some reason, well, I, but I, I just, think that's a natural. I, just, I mean, there's a man yeah. singing, so I think it's right. natural. But like I say, yeah. I I like the the idea of the whole song because it like it was not a conventional theme for a pop song. And yeah. as I went through it, I was like, there are no references to that's gender. True. That's true. Ever in this song, so. Not yeah. to, once again, not to say that he meant anything by that as a songwriter, but he it makes it completely more. It makes it so much more inclusive and universal by that leaving is, those yeah. out. That is really interesting. I never even like thought that it wouldn't be about a woman. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think other other people have noticed what a great song this is. Um, this song might sound familiar to a lot of our listeners because other people have covered it. Elliot Smith has covered it. Of Montreal has covered it. Um, former guest Matthew Sweet and and um, Susanna Hoffs have, have covered it for one of their Under the Covers records. So it's definitely a song that um, other people have taken note, even, even if it's not the, the song that still gets played on classic rock station. So, Should be. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Care of Self 44? Should we get scores? Yeah. I think those those harmonies, those Beach Boy harmonies are vocal harmonies are definitely one of their their strong suits. Oh, so Absolutely. so good, so good. And um 
just like those every time I listen to it like it's like I hear something else or I focus on something else like in the in the verse um one thing it took I didn't notice for a while um those mm, in the verse the descending like it's like you can hear almost like you're in the studio a bunch of guys around the mic going mm, like you just don't hear anything like that it, it's so unusual just yeah. the vocals are they're crazy i keep saying crazy but uh <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed crazy to because I'm, I'm a crazy person so well, you're in good company yeah, then with say. Wayne and I. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so scores, Paula. What what you got for a score? It was my twelve. Okay, Wayne. Uh, seven. But like I say, I think they do a lot of really cool things on here. Like I say, the beach board, and they downplay the prison part. I once again, I think it's an interesting idea, but they don't they don't make a big deal out of it. And it's only besides the title, it's only mentioned I think once. Okay. All right. This is my eleven. All right, next song is uh, A Rose for Emily. Right. The summer is here at last. The sky is overcast and no one brings a rose for Emily. She watches her flowers grow while lovers come and go to give each other roses from her tree. Anyone who has ever studied English in college, where Faulkner is required reading, one of his short stories is Rose for Emily. A Rose for Emily. Uh, a lot of literary references lot, on this lot record. Of, yes, very much so. In very educated bunch. Yeah, and and honestly, that's really, yeah. I think th- yeah. I, th- I think the fact I think the fact that that it does remind me of Faulkner and unpopular opinion I think Faulkner is overrated. Um, Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> yep. much. Um I yeah, it's overrated. I think a lot of the classics are overrated. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's time to update the classics. Anyway. There we go. Wayne Anything on Rose for Emily? It's got a super strong Eleanor Rigby vibe to it. I mean, and not so much somewhat in the music, but definitely in the in the in the theme of the song. I mean, she's all these people, all these lovers are cutting roses from her garden and giving them to people that they love. And she never gets any. So that that desperation of all the lonely people is definitely in this song. The Baroque piano was if anything was sometimes I it's um, and it's a contradiction to me because I think it. If it was gone, the whole thing falls apart and it doesn't have but the same resonance. Mixed. But at the same time, it, it somewhat, I wasn't super comfortable with it. But I think it can't be taken yeah. out. It's one of those kind of contradictions. It's mixed really high. It's The lyrics are Eleanor Rigby and the piano is for no yeah. one. I can I can totally see that. Yeah, but yeah. I can totally see that. Um, but you were saying the piano is mixed it really, really high. Is. And it's and it's not a yeah. real dynamic piano um, structure, so th- that kind of lost some points for me as well. Between the Faulkner reference and the piano work, yeah. this this gets my two. 
Yeah, like this song to me, it's like, you know, it's it's lovely. The vocals are are well arranged, but it sounds like with the lyrics, it just seems really concocted. Yeah. It's kind of contrived. It's not it's not up there for yeah. me. All right. Wayne, anything else? No. Is it is it more Beach Boys or is it more Kinks, do you think, for, for this? I yeah, thought it was pretty I, Beatles. I got a total Did Beatles. You? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the kind of got a Ray Davies vibe on this one. I wish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all, right. all right. What's your score, Wayne? A five. Okay, Paula. Five. Okay, all right. Maybe after he's going is next. This was my two. What? Yeah, it was my two. Okay. Yeah. Maybe after he's gone is next. As morning rain brought the light that fell upon me Turned to shadow when he came So I already threw out the Kinks and the Beach Boys. I'm going to throw out one more band for this song. So... Let's hear it. Ten years after. Ten years after. I'd love to change oh, the got, world. I got the Hollies. Huh. You got the Hollies on this one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't have a, a reference on this one. <laughs> Just not a band reference, but I have. Uh, and I only say that because, like I say, I think the first two songs have something unique and original. Um, something that I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, yeah, there's there's a Beatles vibe to the to the type of song, they, the second song. But otherwise, I think they're. With that piano, they're making themselves somewhat unique, and this song sounded a little bit more textbook 1967 British invasion pop. I love this one. I think it has like a really sort of ghostly sort of vibe to it. Um, just like this sort of sad. This whole album has a kind something like ethereal and sad to it. Um, some under, I mean, so, so a couple of the songs are they deviate from that but um a lot of my favorite albums have that like pet sounds has that um like hunky dory kind of has that cucumber castle the aforementioned bg's album has that like dusty in memphis that just sort of wistful kind of sort of ghostly haunting thing and and this has that yeah for sure and and you just brought up it's got it gives you this feeling so the the i've got i've got circled on my on my notes here that um when he says, I feel so cold, I'm on my own as the night folds in around me. Mm-hmm. The night surrounds me, I'm alone. I totally feel that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you can, like, that's the vibe that they're giving out on both the music and the lyrics. And I just, I, I love when that happens when I'm listening to a song that, um, you know, the, the, the lyrics and the mood are matching. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I gave it I gave it a higher score than than you Wayne. The, I gave this my nine. She got for her score a three. I thought I huh. I thought they colored inside the lines. Interesting. And I, I, I know okay. from listening you know from listening to this whole record a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. I I really I mean while I don't necessarily agree with them being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I think while I think they should have had an impact like bands that have a short career like. NWA was put in for one record. 
Nirvana only had a couple of records and made it in, but their impact is huge. Right. I think these guys absolutely should have had, people should have been listening to this and it should have had a bigger impact, but yet it didn't. And it this did is, eventually. Like say, most of the time they kind of color outside the lines and they come up with interesting themes and interesting spins on stuff. And I didn't think they did here. This is one of the songs that I can listen to over and over again and not get bored. Like the, uh, even just the recently listening to it for this, just the high plinky piano. I just, I mean, I always noticed it, but just, um, yeah, the, the arrangements are just really, I don't know. I'm going to say the arrangements are really deliberate. And sometimes that's irritating. Like in a rose for Emily, that's irritating. But in this song, I really like it. I don't know why sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's contrived. We could probably have a whole discussion about that. Um, Totally get it. Maybe because here, I don't feel like they're imitating anybody. Anyway, what was your score, Paula? This is my ten, but but let me just say my eight, nine, and ten are kind of inter- interchangeable. I had a hard time with those, okay. so I just right now I have ten with a question mark next to it in my notes. Like eight, <laughs> nine, eight, nine, and ten are all you know. So yep. Anyway, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Paula. Okay, thank we, you. We, we get it. We we get it. We get it. Thank all right, you. next song, Be- Beachwood Park. Your summer world And we would count the evening stars As the day grew dark in Beachwood Park And I looked at a map of England, and there are multiple Beechwood parks in the UK, so I have no idea which one he's talking about. Maybe it's the one in Los Angeles. Oh, is there a Beechwood there, too? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where is that one located in LA? It's in Hollywood, oh, like right off Franklin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Maybe. It's amb- it's amb- we could ask. Yeah, it's ambiguous enough that I don't think that they're... Yeah. Wayne, anything yeah. on Beechwood Park? What's your analysis uh, here? You know what? So that keyboard riff after he sings in Beechwood Park, it's so eerie, even almost like sinister. It just has this whole, and then the mm-hmm. ghostly harmonies. Um, and then yeah. everything is past tense. It's got this real serial killer vibe to it that <laughs> I, I, I say, I think, I, but it also, but at the same time, we all have looked back on summer romances. So it's, it's a, so he, this is one of those cool things that they do. They take a very classic song idea and then they, they do some creepy, cool stuff to it that make it completely unlike anything from around that time. So what if right. you, what if you change the, the, the name of the park to Wapato Park, Wayne? <laughs> Or, or, it sounds like a water park. Or, or, like, or Sprinker, Sprinker Park. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it these are, these, these, are, these, these are parks in Tacoma, which yeah, I'm I think sure they, Wayne I think these are actual I, went, I think yeah. they went the right way. You don't want to get too indigenous. It's it make it too local. But um, <laughs> And I think the fact that there's a bunch of Beechwood Parks in in 
the All greater London era. Yeah. Makes it a little yeah. But like I say, like I say, I went through it and it's another thing like when I was listening to uh Care of Cell forty four and I noticed that there's no um gender references. There's everything in this song is past tense and it gives it this real it makes it really creepy. Yeah. In a, in, a, in the coolest way. I'm gonna say for the people who grew up in the Boston area, Whalem Park. At Whalem Park. It's okay. it's this water park, so gotcha. Maybe like five people will laugh. <laughs> Is it still around? I don't know. I haven't been back in years. Okay. Probably not, but gotcha. you know, somebody will tell me. You guys, ready for scores? Wayne, what do you got? Six. What do you got? Okay, Paula. Six. Okay. Six. Also. All right. This is my five. All right. All right. Next song is Brief Candles. So there's so there's co-lead vocals on this song and a couple other songs. So Rod Argent is one of the one of the lead vocals on this. Chris White, who does the um, the backing vocals, he actually he does the lead vocals on one coming up, which is not not good. I um, ha- I have something to say about that. Please. You know, like if you're in a if you're in a band with Colin Blunstone, you just let Colin Blunstone sing. That's how I feel about it. He's that. such a great singer. Just it's not that like Argent and White can't sing. It's just that Blunstone's voice is Yeah. out of this world, really. Yeah. For for sure. Um, yeah. So so they do take turns on this one. Um Wayne, this track higher for you than Paula and I just barely. Yeah, well, I, I once again, I think I like what they did. Um, I love the the big contrast between the the verses and the chorus. Um, that can either go really wrong or, like it does here, it can be really cool. Um, I also yeah. like they're hitting it from different perspectives, using different vocalists, and then they throw the third verse almost sounds like another, they're adding, they're mixing, they're muddling the pot up. They're throwing another person in, it feels like, um, and turning this whole thing into a love triangle towards the end. And I, like I say, I, and I, and the idea of a brief can't, the idea of a memory as this brief candle, because when you think about it, I, it actually was made me think about, like, you don't remember lots of, you know, I don't remember every day I've gone to work. There's, um, or every day that I came home from work, but there's, it takes something interesting, something, um, important to make, to make things, to make a memory last. And I thought that that was a cool analogy along with a real, like I say, a a very dynamic structure. Okay. Paula, what do you got? Yeah. Like even though the other guys sing, I think the song is cool enough where, it doesn't ruin it. So <laughs> it still has, this is one of those songs that maintains the vibe yeah. of the record. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I bring up Argent's name because he did go and form 
his own band after this <laughs> broke up, which is a, his own band, Argent. Is a yeah, is a little bit of a departure from the zombies. Um, yeah, he went Prague. Yeah, hold your head up. That's 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 that's, that's, that's Argent. Um, there was a Kiss cover. God, what, gave, what was God gave rock and roll. And roll God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah. He gave it to me. He gave rock and roll to me. It's, it's about me. <laughs> it's so funny. Like there's one degree of separation between the zombies and Kiss. Yeah. Anyway, are we going to be talking about that? Are we going <laughs> to Wayne next week when what? we do Kiss Alive? Are we going to be talking about that song when we do Kiss Alive? No, that was like way, way, way okay. in the future. No, they okay. they weren't covering right. Argent back then. Oh, that's so funny you're doing that right We are. <laughs> I'm, I've got some trepidations about it. Oh, but. I I can say that's, uh, that was, and it'll come up then in that podcast, but that's the first band that my parents didn't like. You know what I mean? Like you grow yeah. up and you, mm-hmm. all you hear is the Eagles and the Beatles and Elvis Presley. And, and that's what, and you, there's nothing wrong with that until you, you know, you get eight, nine, 10 years old and right. you, all of a sudden somebody's blowing things up and spitting fire and blood and every, and lyrics about sex. And your mom is like, what the hell is going on here? And they're like, and yeah. that just feeds it. That's funny. Like, I don't remember my parents ever giving me shit about the music I listened to. And I listened to, okay. So when I was little, we, we had one of those like big cabinet record oh, yeah. players. Where, like, it's like yeah. this big piece of furniture. You open the top. I played all the, all the Bee Gees records, but like every, every Saturday I would listen to Casey Kasem, American top 40 yeah. every single Saturday. Yeah. I would like record, I would write down to, I have notebooks full of top forties. Like, why did I, I did do that? I, I just to have, <laughs> you did. Oh yeah. Like it's not like I could just look at Billboard magazine, but um, but yeah, I did, and they never, they didn't give me shit. I and then I was like the Go Go's, Duran Duran, blasting all the time, and they didn't yell at me for that. I don't know why. They, I mean, they yelled at me for other stuff, I guess that. Yeah. But not, but not about, not about music. Go figure. Yeah. Good parents. Maybe they, maybe they saw. Maybe they saw in the future that maybe, you know, you were going to make a career out of it. Well, they actually don't think it's a viable career, (laughs) so there is that. (laughs) okay. They still think I'm messing around and I'm going to get a real job eventually, so, you know. Eventually she's going to get a call center job and it's going to be all good. (laughs) Right. I'm going to be an admin assistant in an office and it's going to be cool. Like I had, I had a, that was like my day job while I had a day job and, um, they were, they were happy. And now it's like, Hey, you're fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, here's a movie I wrote the score for. Look at this tangible thing I did. And they're like, ah, I don't think they get it. Nah, we're, (laughs) we're too old to care about that kind of crap anymore. So. All right. Um, I didn't get scores on this. This was my seven. Wayne. Uh, this was my nine. Okay. Paula. And my my seven. Okay. Hung up on a dream. That's nice.
this is the this is the one that I alluded to earlier that I feel like there's you know there's some 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 ambiguous stuff going on here. And as Seinfeld would say, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, in context, we're talking 1968, not exactly a time where you're going to come out and, you know, openly say this, but while he's having this dream about men with flowers resting in their hair is, is the lyric. Yeah. I just think that there's there's some ambiguous stuff going on here on this being hung up on a dream. So, am I reading right. into that too much or uh, the confusion? Uh, what else? What's another word that pops out at me? I'm not... It's unusual. I mean, it's it definitely the troubled um... the troubled brain hung up the on wanderings of. I mean, it could just brain. be. It could just be, you know, like a, a hippie sort of thing. Stop persuading but, words. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're right. I'm not. There's nothing to prove you're wrong okay. either. Okay. But yeah, no, I I can see that. I I love this song though. Um, I do too. This is this was my this was my ten. Um, I do I do dig this. You know what's really cool here? They the modulation is really interesting. They actually do modulation and they go lower, which is really rare when people do that. You know, you get like the Barry Manilow, they go higher and higher and higher, but yeah, they, they go lower. It's really, it's really cool. Wayne, anything on this one? No. And I didn't even see the, the angle that you uh, put forth because like I say, I think I, I was looking once I kind of saw that in their lyrics and there, I, I looked for that. Um, to me, this has, all of the things that I that I like about them, um, you know, the piano, the vocal harmonies, the psych, the twangy psychedelic guitar, but it just it was it didn't it didn't stand out to me. It, it was just a good zombie did, song. Did we do role reversal on this one? I feel like I overanalyzed and <laughs> pulled a Wayne on this this song. Yeah, then. you did. I, and like I say, I I, I okay, wish I I, I love does. I love the influence I've had on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It says a sweet That's confusion right. filled right. my mind. Yeah, you're yeah. you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. No, I think this song definitely. Uh, it's my nine. Yeah. Wayne, so. what was your score on this one? Only a four. Okay. A mere four. Next song is four. changes. Now, silver and gold, strawberry clothes, money will buy something to hold. See in her eyes, nothing will last like emerald stones and platinum pies. I knew her when summer was her crown, and autumn sad how brown her And I had I had the highest score out of all of us. I'm not sure. I I vibed on this song. Uh, I was so Willy Wonka that I just I could just hear I, Oompa Loompa singing this song. Willy Wonka. I can hear that. And I and oh. and uh, this morning I listened to it again because I was looking at my scores. It'd been a couple weeks since I since I put this the scores down, and I'm like, this is more of an acapella song. 
along with a little bit of piano and some percussion. And that's I'm, I, and that's I, I usually like not my thing. <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's usually not my thing, but I vibed on it. Yeah. I don't know. It just, yeah. I think, yeah, like, that's not what bothers me about okay. this song. Like, it's it's done well. Like, the, the vocal arrangement's great. One thing that I find irritating, it's like, um, the meds like, look, look, guys, we have a Mellotron. Cool. You know, like the, it's very gratuitous Mellotron. John Lennon played this Mellotron. <laughs> right. 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 Um, the delayed piano in the last verse is really cool. I think. Yeah, I did like that too. Um, but the, I think the bongos are goofy. <laughs> That's, I literally, my first note, bongos are definitely part of my score. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just doesn't, I don't get, it doesn't have that spark. Okay. That, that's fine. So. so you guys can give me crap for my six. Two. Wayne. Also the two. Okay. The deuce. <laughs> the deuce. All right. Next song. Fluffing yeah. double deuce. The double deuce. All right. Next. I got the double deuce on my that's shirt. Right. I get that's right. the double deuce. Yeah. You guys said fluff you to this song. Um, all yep. right. Yeah. All right. I want her. She wants me is next. I would not make her sorry There's nothing on my mind And life seems kind now I want her, she wants me I want her, she wants me I want her, she wants me I want her, she wants me, want her, wants me. Great Argent sings it Yeah, originally done by... The mind benders. And I didn't, yeah, and I didn't catch yeah. that at first because I love this song from the first time I hear it. I mean, the first thing I thought yeah. is you can't record in the room where they made Sgt. Pepper and not expect it to start bleeding through. Yep. And so, and then I noticed the the remark on the, the lyrics about the mind better. So I was like, well, I gotta I gotta check this out. Due diligence. And theirs is the the mind benders sounds much more like a Beatles. Mm-hmm rip off and it's sure. it doesn't have the there's a liveliness to this one that is missing from that i they told and i couldn't tell i saw conflicting reports as to who wrote it but uh I, it's I argent just, yeah that's and like i said i saw that in one place and then something else it, it implied at least that wayne fontana from the mindbenders had wrote it but i i just like i say i love this i mean this to me is sounding like you know, I mean, the Beatles are a force at this time. And so there's you can do it without ripping them off. And that's absolutely this feels like we're in a room where this took place and you can't and, and you can't stop it. It's coming through. Sergeant Pepper is 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 bleeding through. Did you go on a mind benders? Um, uh, I just I saw some hole? of the songs and I recognized and then I, this was not one of them. And then and Game I wasn't impressed with their version. Yeah, Game of Love is their most popular yep. song. That was the number one hit. You might know Groovy Kind of Love that was covered by Mr. Phil Collins. Yeah, that Are was... we talking Lulu and the Mindbenders? Mm. Uh, just the Mindbenders. I think That's it was just the Didn't Lulu sing? With... Okay. Am I mm. am I high when I'm think, remembering Lulu and the Mindbenders? Wasn't that a thing? That might have been a thing. I don't I don't know that one. Okay, but this is yeah. all sans Lulu. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> this, the version I listened to was sans Lulu. 
Yeah, songs. Okay, I actually didn't listen to the Mindbenders version. Okay, no, it's not. It's it doesn't even hold. It doesn't no, they, even hold this the one, candle. They, this, this one is so they, much better. Yeah, and it makes sense that yeah. if Argent wrote it and he let and they recorded it and then he's like, hey, you know what? That's crap. Let's 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 show him how <laughs> this is actually done. That's crap. My only. Yeah, my, I love this one too. Okay. Yeah, my only criticism on this one, I, I'm just echoing what you said, Paula, earlier. When you have Colin in the band, why is Rod taking the lead on this? I get it that he wrote it, you know? but Colin would have made this song even better. I know. Like his his vocals are he has that sort of smoky thing, like like Dusty Springfield. I just love that. Yeah. Those they're like two of my favorite singers. And even like I met him one time. Even his presence is like ethereal like that. He just I don't know if you've ever have you ever met him, Colin no. Blundstone? No. He's like tall and the way he moves is like I couldn't I couldn't speak to him. It's really weird. I, I don't usually have a hard time speaking to like celebrities. I don't usually give a shit. But I couldn't I, I had to run away. It was really strange. This like seventy year old man, I just <laughs> just like I can't deal with you. Ah! That's awesome. He's like this otherworldly being. Yeah. And it's like, his, it, you hear that in his voice. I don't know. I sound like such a dork right now. <laughs> no, all good. Not That's all right. I, <laughs> I can't. All good. We're, can't we're, deny we're it. We're amongst friends. All right. Uh, this was it's my. safe place. The harpsichord on this song is, is great, too. I, I usually I hear the harpsichord and I. Love it. All right, Wayne, what was your score in this one? Yeah, this is my 11. Like I say, what I think they did was they, I mean, you can tell there's a kind of a sound in the world that's happening, but they kept their, it's still, they kept true to themselves. Like the vocal harmonies and the way they arranged this, it has a very strong uh, Beatles influence on it, but it still remains a zombie song. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry, I'm distracted right now. I accidentally. I accidentally picked a scab off on my. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <God. laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I, no. I was helping. Uh, I was helping. So I was. I was helping my mom at, um, with clearing some blackberry bushes in her yard, and I did it in shorts like an idiot. Uh huh. And so I've got all of these scratches all over my legs, and I accidentally. <laughs> Ah, so now are you I'm bleeding? bleeding? I'm bleeding. Do you need to get a band-aid? I'm bleeding. No, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I, I have a Kleenex here. Oh, I take I got, baby I aspirin every day just because I think it's good for my heart. So when I start bleeding, I, I need a tourniquet. <laughs> well, I, I, I take I take blood thinner for my high blood pressure. So yeah, that doesn't help. Oh, well, I take I take thyroid medication and. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I've I, I've taken I've taken us down a path. I'm sorry. Did I get scores? Did I get scores for the I want her, she wants me? Mine mine was eleven. Um I have this okay. as my eight, but again my eight, nine, and ten are all interchangeable and I would probably put this higher now if yep. I were you know. It's I I love it. Alright, this is my seven. Alright, next song is This Will Be Our Year. Yep. Smile, smile for me, little one, and this will be our year to belong. 
You don't have to worry, all your worry days are gone. And this will be our year, took a long time to come. And I won't forget the way you helped me up when I was down. And I won't forget the way you said, Daddy, I love you. You gave me faith to go on. Now we're there, and we've only just begun. This will be our year, took a long time to Also, what everybody said at the beginning of 2021. Yeah, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> we were all full. And, and all of us were full of crap. It's just. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Short, shortest song on the album, two minutes and seven seconds. Wayne, we, we just recorded a couple of weeks ago. We recorded an episode about Todd Rundgren. Does this feel like a Todd Rundgren song to you? Because huh. it did to me. No, I, I saw more of that. You know, I think they really, I mean, piggybacked off the last song um, in that, in a lot of ways. This had a little more of a day in the life uh, feel, okay. I think. With uh, But it once again, Colin Blundstone is by, is the star of this show. I sure. love this his is, singing on this, this one. It's him. just amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, yeah, and I love the theme. I love the idea that. That it's it's this is our year. This we're gonna do it, baby. You just stick with me. We're gonna we're gonna make it big, and it just it just has this real positive feel to it. Even though there's there's just this kind of over this cloudiness over it, but he's almost he's willing himself to 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 stay positive and just letting yeah letting her know that you know what just just stick with me, baby. This is all gonna work out. You're gonna you you won't regret it. Yeah, exactly. Are we gonna be playing this at uh, New Year's Eve parties in 2022 <laughs> as well? <laughs> Maybe, hopefully. Um, yeah, Paula. Anything on this one? There's. Um, have you heard the version with horns and without horns? No. Yeah, they recorded in. Okay, how does this go again? the making of this album is so confusing. The record label wanted it in stereo. They originally recorded in mono. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did a horns track yeah. in mono, but so they couldn't put the horns on the final product because the horns were in mono and the final product had to be in stereo. But there is a, there's a version with the horns on there. Like if you get the deluxe edition, there's the, okay. you know, you can like look up the brass section, which is, it's great. I don't think either version's better than the other. Okay. But I had, um, I had read that, I have to yeah, that, that they out. had the studio gave them a very strict budget and that I think Argent and White had to use money, their own money, to get the stereo remixes when the when the record company said that they wanted it in oh. they wanted it in stereo. And they Jeez. gambled and paid they, they put the money up to get that done. Oh god. That sucks. All right. Uh, scores. Paula, what do you got on? 11. It's my 11. Okay. Wayne. Uh, 10. Okay. And um, this is my 8. All right. <laughs> next song. Butcher's Tale, in parentheses, Western Front, 1914. In his pulpit, sermon go and fight to what is right. 
I think this song is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, that's Chris White on the lead vocals on this one. And again, if you've got Colin in the band and Rod's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. You made mention Paula earlier. This was a single. Can you believe that? Like they thought that because of the Vietnam War and the war theme that this would strike a chord. And it probably did, but not the right one. I mean, it's just like there on a lot of records, a lot of great records. There's just one shit. Like really shit song. <laughs> I call it the stupid Ringo one. <laughs> right, right. This is the stupid Ringo one. <laughs> right. on this, like on Pet Sounds, I think it's Sloop John B. On this one, it's. <laughs> I love so. Sloop John B. Though. It's uh, okay. Okay, we can we can argue about that, All right. but I I do yeah. love Sloop John B. All right. I mean the arrangement's good, but it's not. There's and mm, Mike Love one. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's get back to zombies. All right. So this, let's do that. This song, I look. We don't always we don't always have straight ones <laughs> on the podcast. Huh. This is a straight one. Yeah. Oh. Like all of us are in agreement oh, that this at the is, most at the this most. This is this is the worst song on. This is. This is yeah. this is the double yeah. deuce, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. but a, but a yeah. single double single. It's half a double twos. Um, So this one, um, I also read that it it was sort of inspired by the Bee Gees song, New York Mining Disaster. Like this, and he thought it was like, the funny thing about New York Mining Disaster is that they wrote that song, just the Bee Gees are so weird and so cool. They just like sat, they, they were like, they just sat around in their basement and like wrote songs about whatever, like about nothing shit that would come to them when they were little kids. And that's what happened with New York mining disaster. Like, have you seen my wife, Mr. Jones? And they're like 14 years old. Right. Um, and so this like really heavy song was inspired by that bullshit yet amazing song. Um, like the Bee Gees harmonically and melodically are, and are incredible. This is like this, like, really sharp piercing awful mm. yeah i don't yeah. know all right sorry sorry i feel like um, we've spent Chris way white you're a great guy yeah, but <laughs> i feel like we've spent way too much time yeah. on this song so let's go to friends of mine But just hold on. He wrote "This Will Be Our Year," and then he wrote this. Like, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, and I like I say, I love a good protest song. I with a strong anti-war sentiment. But this was so prog folky. Just it just so far away from all of the the really cool like you know pop stuff that was going on, and then they just dive into this 
uh, I don't. I, but it's I'm a single. Confused. I yeah, that confused me even it's further. A, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that had anything to do with why this record wasn't more popular at the time. Like that just could have been. It yeah. did not help. I can tell you it that. Didn't it didn't. It, <laughs> it didn't help. It didn't help. No. Uh, you know, re- record executives are not known for great decision making. Not always. I can't tell whether this song is sarcastic or not. And I, I think that's, I, you know what? And I, I felt I went back and forth on it because um, I think, I think that the common way of doing this would be um, insincere and you know, like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. so happy that my friends are are you know in love, and I. I kind of right. got I got a genuine so feeling. Love. I mean, I I felt Did like yeah. I can say I love the pace of this, and I really I really liked that he. It felt like he genuinely was glad that his friends were uh, in love, and with as they ignored the elephant in the room, which was that he was not. See, yeah. What do you think, Ben? Um, kudos to Paul and Molly and Joyce and Terry and Joy and Davy for being so happy. But I don't know who the crap any of those people are. They have to. Like, I was wondering if they are real people, and my, I conclude that they must be because why would you put Gene and Jim and Jim and Christy? Like, why would you double the Jims if they weren't real? Unless Jim was getting around. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe Jim. I, I, Jim's detective. Detective brain. Uh, Jim might be in a open relationship. It sounds like that's true. Jim could. Maybe. Oh, maybe I never Jim thought about that. I don't. Christy, I don't. That could be Christy and Jean don't think so. That that's, could be the thread that means that this song is insincere. Jean and Jim and Jim and Christy, like there's some shit going on. Yeah, there's. I I. I think we need to have another song about Jim. <laughs> Maybe there is another song about Jim. There might, there might be, there might be, and it might have been the one you alluded to with the uh, ambiguous. <laughs> that's <laughs> that it. Jim. That's about Jim. Jim. Jim has the flowers in his hair. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, that Jim's, Jim's not turning anybody away. Jim's double is no, no, Friday not. night. No, he's not. No, he's not. Jim just loves people. Jim, Jim loves people. Look, let's let's be honest. Jim's a whore. <laughs> so, it's the summer of love. Uh, you're I mean, I don't you're slut shaming. Slut shaming. I know. I am. I am. I am. It's more like it's sorry. okay when it's a man, though. It's all right. Yeah, Women have born with slut shaming for too long. You can slut shame a guy. All right. Well. I'm just turning the tables. All right. Um, I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm here for it. This is my three. Wayne. I believed him, so I gave it an eight. I, uh, this is the one. This is, <laughs> Look, if you're going to give me crap about changes, I got to give you crap about your high score for this one. This, yeah, fair I enough. I don't get it. All right, Paula, your score. It's my four. And, like, I don't hate it melodically. Um, the only two songs on this that I'm really not into are Changes and um, you don't uh, Butcher's Tale. You don't Me even too. want to say it. I, I can't, I can't yeah. even get it out. Like, yeah. But the rest of them, like even uh, three and four, I, I think are good. So, okay. you know. Yeah. The lyrics are, eh, but just. Yeah, agreed. As a song, it's, it's, it's good. So, Yeah. Four. Did I say it's my four? You, it's my four. You did. Yeah. You guys ready to wrap this up? Last song. It's time of yep. the season. 
it, it is that time. What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? Has he taken any time to show show you what you need to live? Tell it to me slowly. Tell you what I really want to know. And this is where there is all sorts of I. I'm with you, Paula. I can't follow the timeline. Right. For this as a, as a, as a single. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So this was then released in early 69, a year after the band split up in the U S it reached number three, reached number one in Canada. Didn't chart in Britain. It didn't. So it was, it did not, even huh. though it was, it was released twice as a single there. And Rod Argent even said it's a it's a classic in the UK, but it's never been a hit. Did you read that Colin Blundstone didn't like it and didn't want to sing it? He didn't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't like the song because um, I guess him and Rod probably feuded over this song. Yeah, because Rod wanted it sung in a diff in a certain way and. I guess Bluntstone finally just said, "Fine, I'm gonna sing sing the song." So I mean, the lyrics are a little creepy. What's your name? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? Like, if some guy said that to me, I'd run. Yeah, you should absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but like all of that, like the keyboard solos, the hand claps, the breathy responses. To me, this is it's their signature song. But I absolutely would say that being on the end. And being so different from the rest of the album, it feels tacked on. Um, and I know it took a it while does, yeah. to catch on, which is surprises me. I'm surprised that this, in in that time and, and that era and the music that was out there, I'm surprised that this wasn't an instant hit. But like I say, this to me yeah. is their signature song. It's it's an it's their best song in, to me. And but yeah. But it also, without that, I never had heard the the previous parts, and it doesn't. It almost doesn't sound. It sounds. It sounds a thousand years from that. It's like the difference between, you know, David Bowie's Space Oddity and 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 Hunky Dory. It's a it's five thousand miles away. But yet, it it's still. Yep. You can still see all the threads. You can still see all the things that made it up. So to be on that same album, yeah. it and to be at the end, I think it makes it seem tacked on it does yeah like i as a i really like it as a single yeah, absolutely but on this album it's like kind of out of place and like you know rating it yeah rating it against everything else it's I, it's my three okay i didn't want this to be my favorite song but every <laughs> time i come to this song i i love it i mean there's a reason why this is the one song off of this album that continues to be played on the classic rock stations because it is. It's cool. Catchy. It's it's, it's super really catchy and it's cool got a vibe, vibe to like, it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I didn't want it to be my twelve, but it at is. the end of the day, I had I had to be honest with myself. Yeah, this is this is my favorite song on the record. God, it's both of your twelves. Yeah. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. And, That's so interesting. And it's never good when Wayne and I both agree on top song. So, I, 
I yeah, it's it is a great a cool song, but yeah. I kind of feel dirty every time that my top song is <laughs> Wayne's top song too. Yeah, and I feel like you guys are ganging up on me. <laughs> no. I feel really I feel really attacked right now. No, I don't. <laughs> We're twelve shaming. <laughs> no, but I three shaming. I yeah. I get I get what you're saying that yeah. it it doesn't feel like the rest of the album. I totally right. get that because it doesn't. Right. You, I mean, Wayne, you even said that as well. So the fact that it's, you know, it's the last song on the record. It sounds way different. It's got a different vibe to it. Yeah. I I totally get that. Um, yeah. But on the same token, would this would this album be remembered in the way that it is without the song? I'm just curious on that. It would to me. Okay. Because be just because of how I was introduced to this record. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if if it would to other people, but it would to me. Okay. All right. But it would to me. I sound like I'm <laughs> crying <laughs> when I say that, and that's the important thing. That's <laughs> so, right. That's yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, it's all subjective to 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 us. All right. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, that's where my notes end. Okay. All right. Um, so let's look at our top five. Any guesses on number one? Oh. Time of the season. Does my no, three affect it? No, no, your, your three affected that. Huh? Oh, th this will be our year. Is that number one? Um, this will be our year is number two. Um, average score of 9.66 for that average score of 10. For care of cell forty four, oh, that's our number one. Good, nice. Oh, third, nice. Third, third is time of the season. So yes, Paula, you did have an effect on that. It's 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 fine. Yeah, we're not shaming you. <laughs> we're not, we're not three shaming. Just, I'm on record. We're not three shaming okay, wait. you. Can you start again because we went out of order? I'm gonna shut up and yes. will you right. <laughs> listen? Number, to okay. number one, care of cell forty four. Number two, this will be our year. Third, time of the season. Fourth, I want her, she wants me. And then I, we've got a tie for fifth, brief candles and hung up on a dream, average score of seven point six six. So those are our five. I like it. Barely beat out maybe after he's gone, cause uh, Wayne's three on that one. Tank, <laughs> you threed that, that one. You threed it. Yep. Yep. You threed it. <laughs> you threed it. What's the? All right. So we know what one is. What's two? Uh, second lowest score is changes. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that's that's probably right. All right. Yep. I'm into it. Paula, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> It was fun. Thank I you for it. thank you for picking a record that um, I don't I don't know if we would ever do, have done this 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 yeah. record. Cool. Yeah. So it was uh, it was it was good to 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 catch something a little bit different. So I mean we're we're kind of getting out of our wheelhouse a little bit, uh, Wayne, with you know episodes about Todd Rundgren <laughs> and you know episodes about the zombies and got got some Leonard Cohen coming up that's. Not, oh, nice. a, not a real known Leonard Cohen album. And we've got a um, obscure, when I say obscure, Bob Dylan, it's not really <laughs> obscure. It's just one that's not. Yeah, it's impossible, revered. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not. If you ever want to do Cucumber Castle, 
I'm here for well, it. Okay. We'll uh, we'll 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 catch up next year. Absolutely. All right. Cool. All right. So so last question we throw out to all of our guests. This is how we got connected with you because I I threw this out to Aaron and I said, "Who do you know that I don't know who should join us on the podcast to revisit one of their favorite records?" And he's like. <laughs> I think Paula needs to come on your podcast. So who, <laughs> who, who else do you know that should should uh, keep this referral trail going? My friend Lisa McColgan, okay. who is brilliant. She's a drummer. Um, I mean, she plays a lot of instruments. She's in a B fifty twos cover band right now. Nice, <laughs> um, hilarious. She has a um, a podcast called stay scary about horror movies stay scary. so um okay yeah she's great all right well we'll we'll chat yeah. offline and and make that happen tell people where they can find all of your happenings um soundcloud divine pk okay um i'm on twitter i think it's divine underscore pk oh my god what's my twitter handle <laughs> can we can we edit that in Please, Twitter Divine PK. Sure, we'll put it's we'll right put, here. We'll put it in the episode notes so you can you can connect with 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 Paula. All right, um, Twitter's at Divine underscore PK. There, yep, there you go. So. There you go. All right. As a reminder, yeah. you can find all of our old episodes. Go to recordsrevisitpodcast.com for that. We're on the socials at Podcast Records on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Records Revisited Podcast. Wayne is on the Instagram. At Records Revisited Podcast. Okay, and you can also find us on all the major platforms. Of course, go subscribe and rate or review us there. And, of course, don't forget to join our Patreon to get episodes early. If you can contribute at the guest revisitor level, you can join us on an episode to talk about one of your favorite records. And... I might just try and invite a special guest to be on those episodes like we did for our last episode, Wayne, where I got, you know, a certain somebody from Gaslight Anthem to come on for that episode. So anyways, so go to patreon.com slash records revisit for all the details on that. All right. Here is our outro part. Can I say it with a Scottish accent? You can oh, do it. You can do it however you want. Absolutely. All right. All right, here we go. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Just make sure that you're doing that responsibly. Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit our record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited. And we are... Out. 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 (laughs) Love it.